Welcome to North Shore News Week. Hello, hello, North Shore, and welcome to another edition of North Shore News Week, a weekly recap in audio form of all our storylines at the record, NorthShore.org, your friendly neighborhood nonprofit news website. Hope you enjoyed the long weekend. We do this uh, podcast in three segments, uh, pretty short, so we don't take up too much of your time, just so you can catch up a little bit on the week that was, and maybe you are uh, still a uh, trying to jumpstart your week after a long holiday. We hope you enjoyed it. But uh, we start with the lead story. Um, and this week, we got kind of a twofer for you. Then we go up and down the shore. And this week, we're a little light because of that twofer. And then we, uh, we're we going to do a featured feature, which is our third and final segment before sending you on your way. So, Martin, did you enjoy the long weekend? It was great, Joe. It was great. How about yourself? Yeah, you know, the news never sleeps. So we, we threw some work the in. News never sleeps. That's part of the gig. Um, otherwise, yes, it was good. Saw some family for the first time in uh, about more than a year. Oh, about a year, about exactly a year. So um, that was good. Um, so we're going to start with our lead story. I mean, like I said, we got a twofer. So we did a few kind of recaps from the area because of the, the magnitude of these stories. We did graduation from Nutrier and Loyola. We threw Regina Regina. Dominican in there as well. And then a Memorial Day recap on Monday, we, uh, we returned to in-person ceremonies in Wilmette, Winneka, Kenilworth, and forgetting what, Glencoe, of course. So we're going to talk about those as well. We'll start out with graduation where uh, some different um, venues for our local schools, but um, it was a challenging year for these students, especially for seniors their final year, but they made it, Marty. Yeah, and you alluded to it there perfectly, Joe. Uh, a bit of a different scene for this year's graduation at, uh, at New Trier with uh, close to a thousand Trevians crossing the stage at uh, Soldier Field in Chicago. So first time New Trier has held its graduation ceremony there, obviously with social distancing and all the safety mitigation measures in place. Soldier Field was a, uh, a near perfect venue for something like that. It uh, allowed every family, if I'm not mistaken, to have up to four tickets. So um, the capacity limit that uh, Soldier Field set for the ceremony was right around 4,000. So um, four members of each graduate uh, being able to attend the ceremony, which would be a little more probably if they would have held it somewhere uh, that would have been indoors or at the football field or something along those lines. So um, turned out to be uh, just about as perfect as a day as you can um, write it up weather-wise with uh, it being not too hot and perfectly sunny. So um, turned out to be a, a pretty pretty great day there for uh, about a thousand new Trier students graduating. That senior class, as you mentioned, Joe, probably um, faced, you know, the most trying circumstances that a graduating class in, in recent memory has faced, obviously, with the COVID-19 pandemic. Much of this year and all of the end of last year, um, took place under remote learning. Um, at about November uh, of last year, students were able to, uh, to finally start to get back into the classroom a little bit. So um, for almost half the year, if not more than half the year, in some cases, many students learned from their living rooms, from their kitchens, from their bedrooms instead of in, in the classroom. So very, very trying circumstances this year, very tough year for many students, but they made it. They crossed that stage and uh, uh, all's well that ends well, so to speak. And then the week prior, we saw Loyola Academy hold its ceremony at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont. 
and 479 Ramblers graduated from the school uh, at that ceremony. That was on Saturday, May 22nd. Um, very similar trying year for, uh, for those students as well. A little bit more on the in-person, in-person learning side at Loyola as they um, you know, started bringing students back a little bit earlier than New Trier did, but uh, some different circumstances in play there. But uh, to wrap things up, Regina Dominican also held its ceremony this most recent weekend. I believe it was held at uh, its campus. So uh, big graduation weekend. We've got one more coming up in our coverage area for high schools with North Shore, uh, North Shore Country Day holding its graduation um, in the following week in early June here. So um, that'll sort of officially wrap up our high school graduation coverage, but uh, very busy weekend um, these past two weekends here for, for local graduations and, um, you know, more than a thousand local high school students crossing the stage and officially ending their high school careers. And with some, some inspiring words for some guest speakers, you know, especially at Nutria with the, with Liz Fair, a famous alumna and a, um, um, musical artist and musician. Um, pretty cool stuff to see her on the big screen there. So check out those photos. We got photo galleries from um, that include photos from all those graduations, as well as a, a recap that Marty put together. So check those out on our website up right now. And then also we, we you know, another um, all area um, kind of event that everybody participated in, in their own ways was Memorial Day backed in person in uh, Wilmette, Winnetka, and Glencoe on Memorial Day and a week earlier in Kenilworth to mark the occasion. Um, pretty, pretty stirring stuff. Um, obviously, Memorial Day, we're honoring the, the fallen heroes who have served our country and died in battle. Um, and um, in Winnetka, started out the morning at 10 a.m. With a, with a full ceremony, pretty um, heartfelt and heartwarming day um, with a lot of scout participation, a lot of community organizations getting involved in that and the community filling up the village green. And then uh, Glencone will met followed at 11 a.m. with ceremonies on the uh, newly uh, revamped Veterans Park in Glencoe, Veterans Memorial Park. And on the also in the middle of being revamped um, Village Hall Green right outside uh, the back door of Village Hall. They're kind of redoing that too. So that's where they held their ceremony. Uh, a lot of a lot of participation from the community, a lot of attendance. Very nice to see um, community events coming back. And uh, we have some photo gallery from those as well, as well as kind of a short recap of the day. So you guys should go to the recordnorthshore.org to catch up with those events and those uh, recaps at your leisure. And that's our lead story. Those are our lead stories for the week. Thank you. And check them all out there. Um, when we go up and down the shore, now we're actually just going to go to a couple towns um, as uh, the, the long weekend and the couple big stories we just had uh, cut the rest of our content a bit light this week. But in Winneka, kind of an update here. Uh, we thought, Marty, in the in kind of a, a prize location in downtown that um, a real realtor was going to take over for a realtor, but not so fast. Yeah, a bit of an update here, as you mentioned, Joe. We uh, first reported on this story back in January of this, in January of 2021. That's when we first got news that um, Berkshire Hathaway, the longtime tenant at the at 538 Chestnut Street, Chestnut Street, excuse me, which is the um, the property in downtown Winneka that you alluded to there, there, Joe. We got word that they were going to be vacating that space and relocating their office just down the street to another vacancy, a smaller place on uh, Elm Street. So 
once that story broke and once that news broke, we started to hear village officials talk about all the um, quote unquote interesting possibilities that could um, fulfill the impending vacancy there. We heard some potential restaurant or retail uses mentioned for the space. And, um, you know, for lack of a better term, village officials were thinking big for that high profile space. Then in late April, we got the first, pro the first proposal from an applicant to occupy that space. And that was from another real estate company in Caldwell Banker. That proposal came forward at the end of April um, and appeared in front of Winnetka's plan commission, where it was met with, um, you know, dozens of uh, submitted comments from local residents who opposed uh, another real estate service use coming into that space and also received a pretty unfavorable re review from the Winnetka Plan Commission. So following that meeting in mid-May, we got word and have reported on it now that Caldwell Baker has withdrawn its application to occupy that space, once again creating a, a vacancy and uh, the need for a new tenant at that, uh, that highly visible and highly sought after space. So um, we caught up with a couple of village officials in the economic development department who uh, told us that they're working tirelessly to try to get a use into that space. And um, all of this comes amid a pretty, a pretty significant business boom in Winneka here recently with, um, you know, as many as a dozen businesses um, coming in this year and, and previously at the, at the tail end of last year as well. And um, we heard from the village that the vacancy rate in the West Elm business district district where this building, um, this 538 Chestnut property is located is just 3%. So very low vacancy rates um, at times. I'm sure it was double that, if not triple that. So um, really low vacancy rate there. Uh, but this is obviously the most significant and most high profile vacancy that the village is hoping to fill and um, hoping to bring a, a pretty lively and active use into that, uh, that downtown space. So something we're definitely going to keep an eye on as we move forward here. And uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, we're going to get a proposal to uh, for another applicant in, uh, in not too long as it's a very highly sought after space. Yeah. I can't imagine that's going to stay empty for too long, or at least uh, they're going to have their, their choice of, uh, of, uh, of vendors to fill that space. So moving on, uh, taking a skip down to Wilmette, a bit of news, kind of an update that was discussed a bit at a village board meeting. Um, parking along Gilson Park, parking and traffic issues along and within Gilson Park have long been a problem um, and a concern, not just for, um, you know, uh, guests of the park, but definitely for the neighbors in the 700, 800 blocks of Michigan Avenue. Um, whether whether it's people leaving quickly or um, recklessly, uh, you know, it's just that there are a lot of cars and a lot of people in a not so big amount of space. One of the things that the village believes they can do something about is the illegal parking. Um, and currently the parking fines at Gilson are $40, which according to the village is just too low to be a deterrent. Um, you know, Mike Brayman, the village manager said, you know, think of a family coming from out of town, going to the beach all day, paying the $40 fine isn't exactly, um, you know, too much of a disincentive to spend the day at a beautiful beach like Gilson Park. So they're jumping that fine a whopping 150% to $100 even. Um, and uh, they'll, they'll, they actually introduced that ordinance, I'm sorry, and they will, uh, it'll formally be up for adoption the 8th, I believe, which is next week. And 
Um, they're doing that just, you know, they talked with residents. They've been talking with residents who have been dealing with these issues for 20 plus years. Uh, and during those conversations, this is something they identified that could help um, stop that illegal parking and at least uh, eliminate those cars from the equation. And they can kind of deal with some other issues. Um, they're thinking some other things in the future about a traffic study, uh, maybe some barriers um, that'll, that don't allow for cars to park in certain um, avenues there, um, but uh, specifically the illegal parking along some of the side streets. But Mike Brayman wanted to point out the village manager that public parking will always be available um, at Gilson, um, just not in certain areas. He believes that the public park, it's a public park and the public has a right to access it, um, whether they're from Wilmette or not. So these are really just side streets, Michigan Avenue, there will be public parking until 10.30 p.m. still. Um, these are really just some, some side residential streets around that area where there is never any parking from Memorial Day to Labor Day. So those are the streets that are in question. You can find a map in those streets um, in our story for the week. Um, but a pretty interesting um, idea to hike those fines more than double um, to try to get people to stop parking there illegally where it says no parking. Um, and that those fines will be for all the park if parked illegally. So we'll explain that right. It's a bit confusing. Um, so check out the full story. As Martin likes to say, we uh, we write better than we talk sometimes. So check we it do. out. We definitely do. <laughs> um, and that's up and down the shore. That's uh, really what we had to talk about with our news. Um, luckily, a, a lighter news week, fortunately for everybody, during the holiday week. And uh, we have plenty of stuff planned for you. But right now we're moving on to our third segment, the featured feature, uh, and some really cool stuff out of uh, uh, the parents in Wilmette. Yeah, Ramona Elementary School, part of Wilmette Public Schools, of course, District 39, is getting a new playground this summer. So that might not sound like the most groundbreaking story of all to, uh, to those listeners out here tuning in now, but it's got a really unique um, element to it that makes it a great local news story. So the local PTA, uh, the Ramona PTA um, for the school, years ago set out as one of its goals usually every year they set a goal for a, an improvement project at the school so in 2018 they set their uh, goal to be a new playground at Ramona obviously for those who are not aware uh, the cost of a new playground and new playground equipment and everything that goes into it is um, pretty extensive and a little bit on the higher end of things so they needed to in order to uh, fulfill that goal and maintain the necessary funding and obtain the necessary funding for it. They needed to set out on a pretty uh, significant fundraising push. And as part of that fundraising push, they reached an agreement with Wilmette District 39 that if they raised their fundraising gold, which was $80,000, that District 39 would contribute $30,000 to the project. However, they were only going to make that contribution if the PTA was able to reach their goal. So after years of fundraising, years of benefits, years of silent auction, years of all those different fundraising, fundraising methods, the PTA hit their goal and reached the agreement with Wilmette District 39 for uh, a grand total of about $110,000 for the cost of the new, new playground. And that new playground is set to come into the school this summer and be ready for use at the beginning of next school year in the fall. So uh, a really awesome story of some local parents and uh, um, locals interested in, in, in bringing something better for the for the kids and the students at Ramona forward coming to fruition. Yes, yeah, so check out the details of that story, but a pretty good collaborative effort from the parents and, and chip in from the district. Um, 
to get them a new playground. So cool stuff. Um, thanks, Marty, on that reporting. And that is the show, guys. That is our three segments um, up and down the shores. Uh, lead story up and down the shore and featured features. So check out all those stories and plenty more at therecordnorthshore.org. Quick shout out to our sister podcast, The Varsity, uh, as we had some sports are really heating up. Um, this spring as we head into the postseason some great finishes by local water polo teams at the state finals we talked about plus we previewed all the playoff series or at least most of them um, coming up in this week man this weekend next week is when they really start brewing so check that out and um, before we let you go completely what do we have uh, coming up Mark? Yeah, we're going to have an update at the former one Winneka site the project that uh, was a big deal obviously uh, generated huge concern and a huge uh, interest from uh, Winneka residents a few years back. We've got an update on the site and some ongoing legal battle, battles between the village and the former developer. We'll have that coming for you here in the next couple of days. And then we have also uh, started to check in with our local villages about how overall vaccination trends um, within our coverage area uh, are looking as of right now. The latest we heard from some of our villages, um, I believe the highest was Glencoe with a uh, percentage of at least 60% of Glencoe residents already receiving one dose. We'll get an update from all of our towns and see where they are at. On the national scale, we just passed uh, a bit of a landmark here in the past couple of days with at least 50% of uh, American adults so far receiving at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. So we're going to check in with our town, our towns and see where things are at and, uh, on the uh, after a bit of a stall, it seems like maybe things are, are beginning to pick up on the vaccination front here again. Yeah, we'll have those stories and plenty more. Like a uh, orchestra teacher out of um, a, music, a music teacher, I should say, and the orchestra director out of Avoca, who is retiring and she's made a big impact on the area. We'll have a profile of her and plenty more next week. Uh, the rest of this weekend, next week at the recordnorthshore.org. Till then, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>